I'm Michael R. Bowie, and this is Fresh Green Blessings, reading the Judeo-Christian Bible through a Buddhist lens with Mother Earth eyes. Hello again and welcome to another episode of Fresh Green Blessings. And I'm Michael R. Malley. And I'm Ollie Ren Erickson Malley. And today, on Fresh Green Blessings, where we read the Bible through a Buddhist lens with Mother Earth eyes, we'll be looking at Jeremiah chapter 14, and we'll be opening our Mother Earth eyes as we begin to address global climate change and looking at the Bible as a resource. When you hear the bell, that's an invitation to mindfulness. Enjoy the sound of the bell. Ollie will then have the reading. I'll then have a reading and a little Dharma talk and then Ollie will have the closing reflection. Jeremiah chapter 14, verses 3 through 7 and 20. Nobles send their servants for water. They come to the cisterns, they find no water. They return with their vessels empty, because the ground is cracked, because there has been no rain on the land, the farmers are dismayed. Even the doe in the field forsakes her newborn fawn, because there is no grass. The wild asses stand on the bare heights. They pant for air like jackals. Their eyes fail because there is no herbage. Our iniquities testify against us. We acknowledge the iniquity of our ancestors. Water has been referred to as the new oil, a precious liquid commodity that people will monetize and fight and kill over. At the time of this writing, 2019, it is common to hear reference to the drought in California. But a California friend says such statements are misnomers. Drought implies a temporary circumstance. The dryness of California is the new normal. Verse 7 of Jeremiah 14 admits that our iniquities testify against us. The word iniquity is not part of our common parlance. One definition of iniquity is grossly unfair behavior. They find no water. The ground is cracked. The farmers are dismayed. The doe forsakes her fawn because there is no grass. There is no herbage. Therefore, the panting wild asses are going blind. 
Where does responsibility fall for this famine and drought? Our iniquities, our grossly unfair behavior testifies against us, along with the grossly unfair behavior of our ancestors. Humans are responsible. We may say it is an act of God. We may even plead with God to save us, as the author of Jeremiah 14 does. But it comes back to our iniquity, our grossly unfair behavior. The interdependence of humans with other creatures is painfully highlighted in this reading. The wild asses are panting like jackals and going blind. The mother deer has failed in the mothering of her newborn. Surely the baby fawn will die. And who is to blame for this iniquity? Jeremiah answers, we, and our ancestors are as well. The depth of our interdependence can be painful, but it is also our source of worthy hope. Our human actions matter and reverberate across the web of life. In sharing this reading today from Jeremiah chapter 14, the point is not that Jeremiah thousands of years ago foresaw global climate change. Jeremiah is writing to a different people in a different context. But just as the Exodus story of the Hebrew people's escape from slavery was reappropriated by abolitionists and the people who were freeing themselves from slavery on this continent. So I invite us to look to the Bible, both the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament, as a powerful, incredible, and sacred resource as we confront what is probably the biggest challenge that we will face in our lifetimes, the challenge of global climate change. One of the, one of the beauties of the Bible is that it speaks again and again 
to our interdependent, interbeing natures. Now, interbeing is a word that was coined by the Vietnamese Zen Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh. And interbeing speaks of a deep, deep ecology where we are interrelated with each other. The story that I sometimes tell is years ago I was having a discussion with a friend and talking of the importance of the trees and he became very frustrated with me and he said, Michael, are you trying to say that you think that tree outside this window is as important as we are? And I said, no. I'm trying to say there's no difference. If we have eaten apples and taken the flesh of that apple and turned that into our own flesh, then we are part apple tree. If we have breathed out carbon dioxide that was breathed in by that tree, then they are made of us as well. And here, Jeremiah admonishing the people, he's not just talking about the effects on other people. He's talking about A doe being able being a doe being unable to take care of her fawn. And the fact that he's telling that points to something else. That those listeners will be touched by that because we are interconnected. That even the wild asses up on the heights, panting like jackals, that that is of concern to us. And if you're a person who has an interest in the Bible, if you're a person who feels a connection to the Bible, if you are one who says, this is sacred text that I want to help guide my life. If you're that person, I'm that person. I want this I want this Bible to be sacred text that can help guide my life. Then I want to look to it and see what there is to see. And for far too long, We have looked in a very narrow way at these teachings. My gosh, when you read this, it sounds like somebody has written this today about what we're facing with global climate change. The challenges we face are well they feel overwhelming so much of the time.
But what do these challenges, what do they call up in us? What do they ask of us? They ask compassion. They ask us to think beyond ourselves. They ask us to do something which is really difficult, to examine our own iniquities, the grossly unfair behavior that almost all of us in modernity are a part of, and the grossly unfair behavior of those who came before us. That doesn't mean that there weren't all sorts of lovely and beautiful things about those ancestors and that there are not all sorts of wonderful and beautiful things about each of us, but we are faced with this incredible challenge to start looking more and more deeply at ourselves, at our actions, at our level of compassion, at what we can do. And if it calls up compassion in us, if it calls up a deep concern for others, isn't that really who we want to be? Isn't that really what the Bible is asking of us again and again and again? What Jesus asks of us, what Moses asks of us, what all of these prophets ask of us to be? beyond our self-interest? This serves as a great calling. And how incredible it is in these words that have been written thousands of years ago. that have been spoken to us, to our parents, our grandparents, our great-great-great-grandparents, that these words can be heard anew and that they can be fresh water. For us to drink, inviting us into the interconnectivity that we already share, inviting us into the difficult work of opening to awareness of our own iniquities, inviting us to be the compassionate beings that we are here to be. Our aspiration in fresh green blessings is not to misappropriate biblical text, 
but to wisely reappropriate them in beneficial ways. Just as it was helpful for the Exodus story of the Hebrew slaves to be reappropriated and applied to the conditions of the African American slaves, it is beneficial to open our hearts afresh to prophetic voices that cry out when the earth and its creatures, including humanity, are suffering. You shall say to them this word, Let my eyes run down with tears night and day, and let them not cease. Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 17. Yes, let us begin with tears. Let us begin by opening our hearts and spirits to the dead and suffering animals, recognizing our accountability and responsibility for their pain. Can we let our eyes run down with tears for even five minutes? Can we cry for just a few minutes? Dare we? We must begin. I'm Michael Armelli, and you've been listening to Fresh Green Blessings, where we've been reading the Judeo-Christian Bible through a Buddhist lens with Mother of Eyes.